0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Two Peas Out the Pod. This is Julie.
1: And this is Chelsea, and we're so excited to be back and recording again. We needed a much needed break, and after our last episode of Reconnecting, we've just been so inspired to bring more conversations again. So today, we are really excited to bring you an episode we're very proud of. Um, We actually, this is our first episode that we've ever had a guest, um, and actually a very special guest to us. We reached out to someone and kind of weren't really sure of the response that we were going to get but we are so thankful that we reached out and gambled on ourselves and gambled on this interaction because it brought us the most beautiful and genuine connection than more than what we ever even anticipated
0: we connected with mercy on so many levels the vulnerability of putting your art out there not always knowing how it's going to be received you know the peer pressure of always feeling like you have to follow the serious or the safe route you know, how rebellious it really is to be an artist and to put your art out there and um, to not always do what society is expected of you. And the dearest to my heart was community. We talked a lot about how we make each other possible and how Um, Really, just by uplifting each other, we're creating space for each other. Really hope you enjoyed the episode and that you find as much value and as much inspiration as we did and that you decide that this is the moment you decide to bet on yourself.
2: Okay, thank you so much for having me, Judy and Chelsea. My name is Mercy Toguzani Mina. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, or he, him, his. I am a non-binary um, queer multidisciplinary artist who lives and works in South Africa. I create across um, a wide array of mediums, uh, sonic, literary, um, and audio-visual, as well as in theatre and performance, which I'm in school for currently. Um, I'm also currently focused on creating visual arts that celebrates my reverence for black, queer, and trans intimacies. I think it's it's like a very interesting duality because on the one hand there is a lot of control in terms of like the narrative that's attached to my work that I can have because it's on like my social media pages where I take up space as well just as like a person so that people understand that like the art isn't coming from some person who's like anonymous or hidden or isn't like in any way um, attached to the work that they're sharing. And there was a point in time where I was kind of debating whether to have like um, personal pages that were separate from my art pages, but I realized that for me, all of it is coming from the same place and all of it is coming from um, the same source, the work speaks to who i am and how i take up space in social media speaks to who i am um, in meat space in the flesh space the flip side though is that i don't get to control um, how my work is interpreted or received or even shared right so there's this thing that's been happening where people who come across my work on social media will take it upon themselves to like either screenshot it or save it and then reshare it on their pages as if it's like originally theirs. Um sometimes I get tags, other times I don't. But what frustrates me about that that process, even when I am tagging, even when people are very like warm and celebratory about sharing my work, is that a lot of the time like my work gets shared on pages and in spaces that don't actually reflect my intentions for it right so a lot of people look at my work and think oh this is an artist who creates primarily like lesbian art right and for me it's like i'm very intentional about creating figures that speak to both the experience of queerness but also the experience of transness so most of my paintings if you you know take some time to like pay attention to them my figures have tattoos that have their pronouns um, on them in like super visible places to show that, okay, like we are moving and we exist in like bodies that look a particular way, but our our genders are self-determined, our genders are expense, uh, expansive, um, and we're taking up non-normative space. And so I have to have these conversations continuing with people where I say, okay, if you'd like to share my work on your page or in a particular space, please talk to me first, please engage me. Because this is where, this is like the first um, point of reference for where people see my work. And it's important for me, for people to engage my work, understanding the full scope of what it is that I'm sharing and all of the intentionality that goes behind um, the work that I create and sharing it in the way that I do. Um, So there's that, you know, kind of downside of, of... sharing in an uncurated, sort of open-to-whoever space. And then there's the flip side of taking up space with work that reflects experiences that even as they exist in actual, you know, human lives and human bodies are oppressed, right? People, a lot of people um, are... Repulsed by the work that I create, right? I get as many, you know, as as many celebratory um, comments and as much warmth and affirmation as is shared from like folks who feel seen and affirmed and like reflected in my work. I get as many comments from people who are just like, "Why would you depict fat people? This is disgusting. You know, fat bodies are disgusting. Queer people are disgusting. Like, why are you sharing work that is vulgar?" Um and it's not something that I tend to speak about a lot because I also am aware of the fact that like a lot of the people who are engaging with my pages are people who are already experiencing you know certain kinds of oppression and violence whether it's spoken or you know physicalized in their actual lives so I'm not the kind of person who wants to like amplify the presence or experience of bigotry online because I don't want to re-trigger people I don't want to expose people um to those types of comments so I block a lot of people or like hide replies on my on my twitter or Um, delete comments on my IG.
3: I think that's such a super impactful thing. I feel like I'm very guilty as I'm sure a lot of people of not being able to always speak on all the great things that I'm capable of and a lot of the times I'm happy you know all of us are seen through someone else's eyes in a much higher regard Then we are able to look at ourselves and we're able to do that Mm -hmm. for other people. Mm -hmm. So I can I can be struggling with my self-confidence and I can lift you up to the sky. Mm -hmm. I can be that motivator for yourself, you know what I mean? And it's not always easy to be that for yourself. But I think that, you Mm -hmm. know, just having that strategy of doing that for each other, we're kind of filling in some of those gaps because unfortunately, humankind struggles with
2: doing it for yourself, you know. The outpouring of folks from all kinds of places in the world, I've had like folks from Brazil message me in Portuguese and I like use Google Translate to find out like that they're telling me that they think my work is beautiful or they think that my work is affirming or they're they, they've, they are, like really grateful that I'm creating and sharing the work that I'm sharing because they really needed to see themselves um, conveyed in beautiful art. So I don't know, it's like a balancing act of being like okay, I'm really grateful for this side of things and I'm and I'm um aware of how important that side of things is, how important it is for people to feel seen and to feel possible. But on the other hand, I'm also aware of how um violent people can be because of of what they perceive as um people figures, bodies, practices that are vulgar to their sensibilities. So um, I think what's been on my side, uh, in terms of that is, is the fact that, like, before, um, settling into becoming an, a, a, an artist in an out loud way, I spent a lot of time in, like, organizations, um, engaging in, like, direct activism and organizational work, particularly around advocacy, which, um, put me in a position where I had to, like, understand the ins and outs of bigotry and why people move in bigoted ways you know from the fact that like we're socialized to behave in a certain way and a lot of people who have um privilege or power regardless of like how tiny or minuscule um that privilege or power is are very protective of those things so it doesn't matter what space they take up they're going to do things to like Um, edify their position of privilege, edify their position of power, because for them, it's like, I'm defending this identity that I'm told can only be valid if there's someone else on the other side who's, like, below me, who I have, like, hierarchy over.
1: And do you feel like maybe, you know, kind of an element of that where that you were able to apply or maybe push through that is because you already felt maybe validated in your art? Because, I mean, I feel like there was times where One bad comment was enough for me. Like that one negative insertion was enough to derail what I was doing because I was like, you know what, if they're not going to receive it in the way that I wanted them to forget it, I'm not going to put it out. Like, do you feel that you needed something kind of pushing you or surrounding you to validate you enough to be like, that doesn't define what I'm doing. And that one person isn't enough to, to stop what the purpose is of me me putting out this work.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, I don't want to um, come across as one of those people who, like, preaches the importance of suffering because it makes you stronger. Um, Because I don't think that suffering is necessary. And I don't think that suffering is a necessary path towards courage or strength or anything like that. But I have come into, like, a certain amount of groundedness in myself because of some of the things that I've moved past because I've been able to see like what's on the other side um of certain experiences of invalidation um getting through some of the experiences that I've had of been invalidated as a person um has helped like really anchor me in a sense of like I'm valid and No one, literally no one can tell me that I'm not. Um, And I extend that to everything that I do and everything that I create and everything that I share. Um, I don't think I'd be able to share the kind of work that I do if I didn't have that type of conviction because I know the kind of world that I exist in. Um, I know that the work that I create um, needed to sort of be pushed into the world because it wasn't already there, you know? So I think there there's always been a kind of understanding that, okay, what I'm doing is I'm taking up space that I don't necessarily have permission to take up. And so in order to do that, I'm going to have to not take that space up with like cotton candy and bubbles And it has to be something that is sturdy. It has to be something that's immovable. You know,
1: that's actually something really funny. Julie and I have talked about this many times that like each of the positions that we've taken, you know, kind of working in corporate, you know, spaces, kind of we found that each position that we took we were always saying like okay this aligns more this is lighting up more of my bulbs this is hitting more of my passion so this is must be you know I'm getting closer towards what I'm supposed to be doing and we're just keep finding that like you know we're just going towards directions that maybe we're feeling like are more than the last now <laughs> are giving us more fulfillment <laughs> than maybe the last thing that we were doing but maybe it, this isn't the right thing and we're, we're scared to let this one go because we're like well how do I know that the next thing will give me as much as this one is giving me? Even if it's, we know it's not enough or we know that it's not fulfilling us in the ways that we anticipated. Um, we do we do find that like each position we felt like empowered us to just take that next step and be like, okay, maybe we could just step a little bit more out of our comfort zone because when we did this one, it worked. So, you know what, if we try and take this next position or with this type of a company or whatever, you know, maybe that'll be it. But we're kind of in just now in the space that we're feeling nothing is ever going to align. And, you know, maybe we felt that joy and that spark from all those positions because it it showed us um, things we were good at or things that brought us joy or things that brought us fulfillment or maybe we thought validated us and maybe that's what we were looking for at the time. But um, each of those just brought us closer to knowing that it was going to be our own self-fulfillment. It was going to be our own... Um, kind of dependence in each of these things was maybe just empowering that and and giving that, that sparked a little bit more fuel that (laughs) that it needed to burn a little bit brighter to, you know what I mean, to carry us just a little bit further. So I'm really thankful to you to have kind of talked about, you know, maybe not living, not saying not living in in your passion 100% but you know stepping into something where you're like okay I don't know if this is it 100% but I think this is feeling good right now and this is feeling more what I'm doing you know in say visual theater and now you're doing a different medium of art you know that you're stepping into when you said when you started you weren't 100% sure if that was kind of what you wanted to do you just started doing something that was feeling good it was lighting up these kind of lights for you (laughs) so um that's the comparison Julie and I always make um is the light bulbs lighting up in our lives.
2: One of the things that absolutely like, brought me to this place as well was my very precarious journey with education, um, higher higher education particularly, where I had gone through this sort of ebb and flow in my relationship with, great, with creativity, where as a child, I was very free and integrated um as a creative and I understood that like creativity is a core part of who I am and I can spend as much time sort of feeding that part of who I am and like channeling that and like actualizing myself in that way and it was something that was like encouraged and fortified by the people around me. Um and I felt whole, I felt present, I felt like I could take up space Um, And then there was this period of time, particularly like when I started like high school, where it started to feel as though there wasn't as much room for me to take up space as the creative person that I know myself to be, and to fortify myself in the ways that I could as a child. And that separation from a very important part of who I am, a very important part of how I, you know, was able to make sense to myself, absolutely like... You know destabilize the confidence that I had in myself the self-clarity and self-understanding that I had in, in myself and I went down like this very strange path of like trying to take up space in like normative ways that I thought would give me access to like pockets of creativity so I went into like law school thinking that you know I could like be an artist with like words and cross-examinations in the courtroom <laughs> Um, and it was like a very big and nasty shock to like realize that this is not the type of environment that like encourages or fosters any type of like, um, creativity, just in terms of like how you learn things, um, was not the best way for my brain to learn things, which is I'm given information and then I generate new things with that information, right? Which is how my creativity moves. Law school was very much, you take what we tell you and you give it back to us just as is and that is like that's where the credibility of the process of that lies right um and it was just it was like a very big failure um the entire experience of law school in terms of how unhappy i was studying it um in terms of how unaffirmed i felt in 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 the the way the learning process um had to be undertaken and for a very long time afterwards i just didn't feel like myself i didn't feel clear to myself um i didn't feel like i made sense to myself i didn't feel as though like the world made sense to me and i didn't feel that i was like able to take up space in the ways that i had as a child and i went through you know a, a a number of, like, other personal sort of transitions that put me in this place where I was like, okay, I've tried the normative route. I've tried to fit into the, you know, spaces that don't make room for me. Um, I've tried to, like, mold myself and shrink myself and, like, contort myself into something that makes sense to this world and it hasn't worked. And I'm at the end of my rope and I feel like it's do or die, like, I have to do something different, um, to see if that works, and if that doesn't work, I don't know what to tell the people who put me here, but, um, I applied to the the very same university I went to law school for, which, I'm a Taurus, so there's, I think, a, a petty side of me that's very, like, let's actually settle the score, maybe, um, But I I, I applied to that same school, but for um, creative programs, like explicitly creative programs, which was either going to be um, film and television or theatre and performance. And my reasoning behind that was just like, okay, so I know that with visual art, I've always enjoyed being able to like create and draw and paint if I had access to those things. Um... With singing, I know that I can hold a tune. I know that I can, like, create harmonies and create um, backing music if I need to. But I want to sort of upskill myself in a gift that I have for performing and storytelling um, in a way that I, I don't think I can do on my own. And so I got into theater and performance. And I think it was, like, one of the most... Um, transformative and affirming external experiences that I've ever had because I think as like a queer and trans person I'd already done the work of like coming into and understanding that I was valid and I was real and I deserved to be here and I deserved to take up space in a particular way but my creativity I don't think had gone through that same um, process of validation and when I got into theater school and started the experience of being taught um, these very beautiful, intricate forms of storytelling on stage, of like using human bodies to like, um, bring creative ideas to life. And it was something that resonated. There was just like continuous alignment in in how I was able to move in the classroom and how my ideas were valued and how my creativity was suddenly valued. I think I came into um, creative self-actualization and clarity. And I think I came into a self-actualization and clarity creatively that if I hadn't gone through the experience of starting theater school before um this pandemic i don't think i would have been able to like jump into a different medium which is the visual art you know that that you know brought y'all to um my page and connected us with like without theater school i don't think i would have been able to create the art that i create visually right now because i don't think i would have had that clarity i don't think i would have had that courage to like trust that my creativity is important to trust that like my artistry is something that i can really just like immerse myself in and create things that resonate with with people beyond me this new medium of art has allowed me to find parts of that um has been i think i spoke a bit about this in our previous conversation has been like the physical aspect of creating the the work that I do because it's it's digital, but what's enjoyable about it is that I am able to like touch a screen in order to create um the work so like the repetitiveness of like the strokes um the painting strokes, and like looking at the texture of the particular brush that I use um and the brightness and the vividness of the color is something that like as grounding for me in a similar way to um the physicalized way of like learning theater making but also i just realized that another way that i've um been finding grounding is through the imagery that i create because the people i don't know who it was but like one of my amazing mutuals on on twitter mentioned that like my paintings always look like they're in motion And you're catching a moment of like movement that is just like still for whatever reason.
3: Kind of like that journey of like, okay, I'm inching my way towards the things that matter to me. And I get more power in this role, or I get to manage people, or I get to do these things that feel really good. Um, And it's almost like an illusion and a distraction. I think that um, I really resonated with you sharing how Um, reasonable you are in the sense of like, okay, this is what I want to do. I need to go to school and surround myself with like-minded people and build a community and kind of, you know, shun all of the people that are not, or the same people and things that are not helpful to what I'm trying to do. Um, because I feel like a lot of the time that's missed, like a lot of the times when people tell you to open your own business or be an artist or follow your dreams, it's just like, just go do that. Like, just go on a whim and mm-hmm. go do that. Um, and it's not so realistic, but I think that if your reality is reflecting, you know, where you're going and that's all aligned, uh, you're just way stronger. So that really resonated even just in my own journey and my own thing. Like I really walked away with, um, that as advice
2: yeah yeah so yeah sometimes it feels as though um i need to create movement to sort of not necessarily live vicariously through what the figures are doing but to just have movement to witness and movement to take part in because a lot of the time um when i'm creating certain um paintings i don't have like a reference picture or something for the things that i'm creating so i'll have to like physically get up and like mimic the movement of like holding someone's hand or passing something to someone or leaning into someone or whatever so there is like um there's an there's an active uh, um aspect of it and a bonding that happens where it's like i'm i'm in community with the figures that I'm world um building it's not exactly um the same as being in you know physical space with like my classmates and lecturers and and the other theater makers that would be in space with us but it's it's a substitute that that you know hits some of the the same um resonating spots that I need to be fortified i have this growing philosophy um that i've had for about a year now that like Sometimes it feels as though we're learning certain lessons the hard way, but I think we're actually just learning them the thorough way so that when we're on the other side, we have like a full and clear picture of like everything that took place to like get us to a particular place. So even I think the, thing that, the things that give us like little glimpses into what alignment can feel like, I think are just like stepping stones towards like the bigger picture
3: you as an artist as a child and I really reflected on my daughter I know Chelsea reflected on her son as you know as a child every child is an artist every child loves art every child loves to make things and to show and to have that moment of affirmation of like showing their parents um, and their parent being super excited and letting them know you're so great and then at some point we turn teenagers or even preteens, probably before teenagers. um, Mm -hmm. And in so many different ways, the world around us tells us there's not any space for that, or you have to be serious, or you have to do something that's realistic. And, you know, for I can speak for the Mexican community, there's this even bigger responsibility of like, well, you need to grow up and take care of us. Like you are the savior. I need you to go to school. I need you to get a good job and I need you to be the light that this family needs. So I need you to be serious, (laughs) you know, whatever that means.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. I think that exists too. Um, I think so much more like this element of like struggle maybe exists where like, because we struggled, you need to struggle too. I think this kind of more the element that exists sometimes in the black American community is like, you know, um, suffering as a means of success or like that is how you validate yourself to earn success is that you've gone through this period of suffering. Um, And one thing I really liked that you mentioned specifically was like language and having the language describe your experience. And I feel like something Julie and I have talked about maybe privately, but we haven't really talked about on the pod yet is um, like how us taking up this space, we feel like it's just for one empowered so much for one language of conversations that we're having with people, because sometimes there isn't even, you know, room to start having complex conversations because there isn't even a, a common level of understanding of what You know, what our words mean, what they mean to other people Mm -hmm. when you say them, how I'm receiving them. You know, there's so many things where, like, just our language is so disconnected that we can't even, you know, um, identify what our emotions mean, say, for example, or it's like you're feeling something and you don't even have the words to communicate that to your partner. You don't have the words to communicate Mm -hmm. that to your coworkers or, you know, something that you're experiencing that's maybe unique specifically to your community. And There's not a, a common word that exists, or maybe you
3: know the words and you're not empowered enough to use them, you don't exactly, feel exactly or use them in that space,
1: yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a whole other thing of like, where can you even use these emotions safely or these words safely? Um, and so you know, that's just something we've talked about, you know, again, privately about just the way that our voices sound. We've, we've kind of discussed how there's certain celebrities or there's certain people that like you don't even know what their voice sounds like you know like there's imagery that's received now or maybe can be received but like our voices and our experiences are not we can take this aspect of your existence but not this part you know and this how even us talking about our experiences truthfully honestly uh, honestly you know as moms that they use cannabis we could be persecuted so much more readily you know what i mean like it's just revolutionary just to even speak in your truth um and so again just giving people language and space to exist the same way you were trying to do with your platform maybe through a different expressive medium but that's you know kind of what we're all doing is as black creatives taking up space on this platform that doesn't even sometimes support that with the algorithm the way or you know the algorithm whatever things the powers that be (laughs) Um, but things like that, you know, um, but I am just such a believer in just the same way we've had this communication here and we've built this relationship, you know, just genuinely over an internet connection. I believe that the universe will bring us all the people energetically that are attracted to our message and that are aligned with our path and where we're supposed to go. Because again, when I reached out to you, I didn't even know you were based in South Africa. I had no idea when you reached out about my time zone, I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> they might be in like Eastern time, they might be, you know, so I'm kind of checking back with you, like, oh yeah, I should have thought about that. You know, she's from California and you know, I'm from Michigan, so we we're in different time zones. I was just thinking we might, you know, adjust an hour or two. I had no idea that you would be based in South Africa. So it's just like, that shows you how um, intimate this space really is, even though it's vast and broad. And all these interactions and the way that we share and the way we express mean something. It matters. It right. all matters. We can talk about that too. Like how uh, about how validated we felt just from our interaction with you.
3: L- literally read my mind. Like we walked away. I literally said affirming or affirmed like a hundred times a day after our last <laughs> conversation. It just felt like the fact that we you know, connected with someone across the world that has no vested interest in us. Like, you're not a family member, you're not a friend, you're just, you know, if you will, a random person. Um, And we were (laughs) able to connect on so many levels. And, you know, even for us to put ourselves out there, just us taking up space is a rebellion in everything that we should be, you know? And so the fact that we were received by open arms with you is definitely just so comforting, rewarding, affirming all of the above. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't thank you enough for being that for us.
2: I appreciate that. I mean, I think for me as well, you know, I don't really get the the chance to have a lot of conversations that really speak to the things that I deeply care about um in a way that will be received um and witnessed with, you know, the kind of receptiveness and warmth and understanding that um the two of you have shown. So I was just like super excited after our first conversation as well to be like, okay, I said yes um to this particular ask. I don't say yes to a lot of requests for conversations. Cause I'm, I don't know, like I'm not a shy person and I don't feel, you know, any type of um way about my views and things like that, but it does get exhausting sometimes to be talking and not feel like people can actually hear what it is that you're trying to say or feel as though people have a particular um, agenda that they want you to fulfill or speak to. So I think it's just been beautiful for me to, to be in a space where I can have a conversation, um, about myself and about my work, and also feel as though I can just breathe because I'm in good company. I'm in the company of people who get it, who get me. Um, and I feel as though, like, even if I was <laughs> maybe a bit too strange to be immediately understood by you, I think you're both such um, open and compassionate people that you would have held space for me to to just be who I am um, and figured out how to, you know, witness that and, um, embrace it. So I appreciate, appreciate you both as well, for real. Yeah, I think this, like, um, speaks a lot to, um, something that I mentioned as well, the first time that we had a conversation about how, like, we make each other possible. Um, and I think for me, where I was coming from with, with that particular, Um, notion is just in terms of like how taking up space in a particular way and being in a position where someone else can witness how you take up space and that person feeling affirmed by the way that you take up space allows them to take up space in the same way and yeah so I feel like when we are able to witness each other taking up space in a particular way it makes us feel like we can and that makes us more possible because we can stretch into what's possible for us but i think another um aspect of that that you you just named is we also make each other possible by supporting each other as we, you know, stretch into our possibilities. Because it is important to have a community of people that not just like validate you, but also kind of like in a very practical way hold you um, as you move through certain things. And I think it's it's important to 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 be vocal and transparent about that, and also to think about the ways that we can sort of reach back and hold the hands of the people who are, like, walking similar paths um, as were like, you know, walking towards um, places that we've walked to. I know that, like, as an artist who's finally, like, coming into some, some stability, um, material stability for the work that I create, one of the things that's, like, really important to me right now is finding other artists that I can, like, support materially just in terms of like buying their work or i'm about to like put together um the first issue of a of an online magazine where i speak to artists about their work so for me i think um one of the first things to do if you come across an artist whose work you resonate with this is going to sound very strange is to spend some time getting to know them, particularly online, getting to know them and their work without reaching out to them at first, right? Because I think what I enjoy when it comes to um, people reaching out to me in particular ways regarding my work is when people have formed like their own unilateral bond with my work and their own understanding about the work and also just taking the time to truly see what it is that's you know that's been been made because I know that a lot of the time that there's a lot of like knee-jerk reactions to what people see where people are like oh okay image mind makes connection and I'm just going to like share the first thing that comes to mind about like the connection that's been made but I think taking the time to really understand where an artist is coming from with what it is that they're sharing um is the best starting um point when it comes to figuring out how to support them and the next step after that will obviously be i think reaching out to them and like really engaging in conversations with people about like what do you need um what are the channels that you are like sharing your work what are the you know ways that your work um, is available maybe to be purchased or to be exhibited in particular ways. And and I think it's important to have that type of conversation with people because I don't think any one of us um, has a universal way that we'd like our work to exist or be in conversation with other people. So you need to speak to artists on a one-on-one basis to get the specificity of what it is that they're you know doing and, and how it is that they'd like their work to like exist um in the world and I think yeah I think one of the, 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 the best ways to support people generally is to see them, is to witness them um earnestly um and sincerely and so from there is when you can get like the specifics of like, you know, buy my work on Etsy or buy my work <laughs> through cryptocurrency or um come to this exhibition on this corner um, of this particular metropolis or a small city or a small town, or you know, whatever it is um, that folks are doing with their work. When it comes to sharing my work, my handles on both are I am a freedom, which is a shortened version of um, a freedom too strange to conquer, um, which comes from a beautiful um, Brandon Wint. I don't know if you'd like me to pull that up because I think it's the most phenomenal. I would actually
3: love if you pulled it up. I would
2: actually love if you pulled it up. Okay, let me find this quote because. You know we
3: got time for. Yeah, definitely.
2: Okay. There we go. Okay. So Brandon Wynn says not queer like gay, queer like escaping definition, queer like some sort of fluidity and limitlessness at once. Queer like a freedom too strange to be conquered. Queer like the fearlessness to imagine what love can look like and pursue it. Um, And for me, the standout part of that particular quote is being a freedom too strange to conquer. Uh, I found that like my life has put me in a position a lot of times where freedom is something that I've had to fight for and to strive for and so I think I finally arrived at a point where I have embodied that freedom so I am the freedom (laughs) um that I have been looking for my entire life and so that's how I try to exist online offline and I think those are going to be my handles forever as long as I'm um, in social media spaces I'm gradually curating a website for myself but I'll share that um on both uh sites, both apps when that is written.